Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken loves talking about cars and automotive trends. And here he is, the automotive host with the most, Ken Chester. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome to the real Roadworthy Drive. I am your host for the hour, Ken Chester. Thank you for tuning in. Regular listeners know that Roadworthy Drive is not your father's car show. Fact about it, we're not really a car show at all. What we are is a show that talks about mobility, new and technology. The different that difference means that if it moves you or if it moves, we're talking about it. From electric cars to autonomous semi trucks to pedal bikes, electric scooters and even motorcycles, we cover it. Flying cars and electric cargo ships? Yep, them too. If you want to stay informed and up-to-date on everything from the technology in your current vehicle to what you should know when you go shopping for that next new or used vehicle, we got you covered there too. So you see, we are so much more, and you don't want to miss a single hour. Now, for those of you who want to add your voice to the program, call or text me via the Roadworthy Drive line and that number is 872-222-9793. If you are of the email sort, my address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. Ask a question, share an opinion, heck, suggest an idea or topic for a future show. It's all good. Now, for this hour, we're going to talk about trucks. And I'm not talking about the light-duty pickup truck that's in your driveway, but the heavy, over-the-road, 18-wheeler kind of trucks. There's plenty going on in that segment of mobility, and with that, with what the crew believes, is some conflicting information, and we're going to take a look at that. We're going to investigate that during this hour. And speaking of the hour, the Roadworthy Drive crew is in studio at full strength and ready to discuss, debate, and heaven help us, even disagree <laughs> about the topics this hour. No. Yeah. Introducing the man with the hands on the controls, the designated adult in the room, and the regiment, the resident Camargin, my friend and Roadworthy Drive executive producer, Jack DeLeon. Also in studio, at mic number two, is the sometimes caffeinated, always opinionated lady in the room, Sasha Little. Howdy, my peoples. Hello, hello. Good morning. Uh-huh. Y'all get it out your system yet? Uh, no, I am still recovering from yesterday. R- yesterday? Yes, sir. What happened yesterday? Uh, this state had their... Rivalry game. Uh, no, 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 no. Football. It's, football. It, it's okay, Sasha. It's what? football. Really? Now, <laughs> my wife and I root for different teams in this. Oh, oh so you've you got guys, a house divided. I have deal. Amen. Do I have a house divided? Oh, anyway, my. the right. correct team, my team won. Oh, my. For the fourth year in a row. Uh, fifth, I thought. Fourth. I thought they had fourth. Oh, my. And this was funny. On the way out of the stadium, down to get down to the train to take us back to where we were parking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This elderly woman sees us and says, You have a house divided? How does that work? <laughs> yeah. I said, I said, we just don't we just don't get along for five hours a year. <laughs> I said, other than that, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a long day yesterday and I a see. very short night. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that there's a group of folks who probably disagree with your opinion. Oh, but- I'm, sh- I'm sure there are. And if there are people that disagree with me, it's Ken at RoadWorldDrive.com. Actually, .net, but that's okay. Okay, Ken, what's in the park been this week? Uh, I want to talk, like I said, I want to talk about trucks. I want to talk about the truck I'm driving this week. Okay. I'm driving a half-ton diesel truck. You're driving a Ford F-150. I am. Diesel. Three-liter li- three turbo diesel. Okay, and what are your and thoughts a ten, on it? And a 10-speed automatic. Not that I would like. It's smooth. Okay. It's fast. Okay. It's way too fast. Um, what do you mean by way too fast? Did I mention fast? No, I'm just, I just asked it, the it, question. It, uh, let's see. How can I say this and, and not no. end up getting a tap on the shoulders? Wait a minute. Ludicrous speed! Go! Ken just looked at me like, what did you do that for? Not quite that fast, Jack. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, nowadays, these have, these trucks are so smooth. It's so comfortable. Yep. You know, now it's a platinum. And uh, the sticker price, according to the Ford Motor Company, for this one, mm-hmm. well, first of all, that uh, three-liter V6 turbo diesel mm-hmm. adds three grand to the price. Adds what? $3,000. And, and that's about going rate for a diesel engine. Okay. No, 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 no. That diesel engine should have been eighty-five to nine thousand mm, dollars. Not for not for light duty. Yeah. Gen- no, I've seen three grand to forty-five hundred across the board. Whether well, it be the a- last time I priced them out, you yeah, I but you were that- at a ton, weren't you? No, you- no, 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 no. Really? I'm, well, wait, wait. You were correct, sir. Yes. Yeah. See. Okay. Dif- different Got setup. It. Different setup. Uh, the sticker price on this thing. Yep. Uh, including a thirteen hundred ninety-five dollar a destination charge. Yep. $70,375. Wow. According to the Ford Motor Company, they sell an F-Series pickup truck every 30 seconds. Actually, I'm sorry, an F-150 every 30 seconds. Yep. That every I would 30 seconds. America's favorite vehicle uh, for going on almost 40 years. And notice I said vehicle. I didn't say car or truck. Mm-hmm. That popular and has been for years and years and years. Now, I started with the positive stuff. Um, I got to follow up because we're about full disclosure here. If you happen to own a uh, 2015 to 2018 F-150, um, you may have a problem and you may be subject to a recall because of a seatbelt problem that could result in smoke and possibly even a fire inside the vehicle. Now, it has to do with the little explosive charge that cinches the uh, seatbelt in case of an accident. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that the systems are designed to actually tighten your belt in the case of the sensors detecting a frontal crash to keep you in place okay. because it eliminates the slack that's in the fabric. By cinching it, it removes that slack and keeps you in place and improves your chances of surviving the wreck. And, okay. this, is, and this has been a while. And that but, I didn't know. Yeah. But the problem with this, what they call a pretensioner, this small pyrotechnic charge uh, can generate excessive sparks when they deploy and maybe catch, like, uh, uh, some of the materials in the vehicle, like uh, carpet or something, on fire. So, oh yeah, it may ignite. Now, I believe uh, in my reading there were 17 reports of smoke of or fire in F-150 sold in the U.S. as a result of this. Another six involving in Canada. This is almost 2 million trucks they're recalling. Now, if you're wondering, now, let me let me go a little further. 
Of the vehicles in this, involved in this recall include 2015 to 2018 model year pickups produced at Ford's Dearborn plant um, from March 12, 2014 to August 23, 2018, as well as those assembled in Kansas City plant from August 20, 2014 to August 23, 2018. Now, Ford will be sending out a recall notice in the coming weeks, and they'll make repairs at no charge, which is given. If you're concerned and you want to know if your truck is subject to the recall now, got something for you. It's called www.safercar.gov. And you want to go to the Vehicle Owners tab, and you can enter in your vehicle identification number to find out if it's subject to recall. And for the record, you can do this with any vehicle because this database goes back 15 years. Okay. So any vehicle, that would work. But I wanted to share that uh, real quick. Um, is the sedan dead? Is, is, are we finally admitting the passenger car sedan dead, done, over? What do you think, Sasha? Are you talking full size? No, any of them. Well, isn't... The passenger car, as we know it, four-door sedan. Uh, Doesn't matter what size. It, it's not really my thing, so I can't really... I mean, I don't like them to begin with. I just feel like my opinion would be biased. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm about the same way you are, but I'm going to have to say there's still a market out there for it. Uh, well, uh, it, yeah, because, I mean, there are some sedans that I really like, and I don't think that I don't think they should be dead because I think that there is still plenty of use for them. I think smarter for your gas mileage. I think smarter for those that are maybe in town because you don't need a crossover. You and don't you, need. And you still have a lot of, and I'm going to say this, women yeah. who don't like the crossovers, the SUVs, or the pickup trucks. Um, I'm not a woman. I still like sedans. However, <laughs> cars are now less than one out of every three new vehicles sold. Yeah. And falling. Out of the 17 million new vehicles sold last year, only 6 million were, were passenger cars. Well, doesn't that have a lot to do with the cost of which, like a crossover now, how much do you actually save anything when you consider Better getting- fuel economy. And a, and the cost is comparable actually now. Yeah, with a car. So that's that's what I'm saying. A lot of that I think early on people bought cars and they would have rather had you know an SUV and now they can get a micro SUV and. Indeed, indeed they can. Coming up, it's pedal to the metal in today's trucking industry, despite the challenges. And we take a look. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You are listening to Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive. Like us on Facebook. Here's your symbol of superiority, the guarantee of advanced thinking from Studebaker. For example, this couple wants the absolute in sportiness. Choose, therefore, the sheer driving performance of the Avanti, world's fastest production car. From its overhead switches to its dynamic front, the ultimate in elegance. But this family, with kids and dog as part of the luggage, admire the comfort and convenience of the Lark. From its flat floors to more rear seat room than the big cars, it's the complete answer to what a family needs from its car. More advanced thinking from Studebaker. Disc brakes that can be yours on both the Lark and the Avanti. 
brakes that, when completely soaked, still stop your lark in half the distance of regular brakes which don't in time. So, whether it's the lark or the Avanti, both these families know they're getting the best in a car if it bears this, the seal of superiority from Studebaker. See any of these superb cars at your Studebaker dealers now. Oh, by the way, I went to the suits this week. Uh-huh. And told them that we need a full-time orchestra in here really? to try to class the show up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I played and did the they laugh you out of the out of the office? Um, not only did they laugh me out of the office, but they told me I had to do this. <laughs> I see. I would just like them to buy chairs. Welcome back to Road Drive. <laughs> I'm Jack. He's Ken. She is Sasha, and I'm trying to prevent him from getting taken to the woodshed. Uh, again, wood chipper. Still, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of love in the room, people. Well, this hour it's all about trucks and the trucking industry. Right now, a booming American economy means there's a constant pressing need to move the freight from port to transfer station, from manufacturer to retail outlet, from internet to your home. Most of that movement is done by truck, and I believe the number is like seventy-one to seventy-three percent. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Wow. Despite a driver shortage that is projected only to get worse in the coming years, heavy truck manufacturers can't keep up with the demand for new rigs. No. We take a look. Okay. Are you saying new semi-sales? Yes. Yeah. Last month, 53,000 plus. Wow. That was up. And and to me, when I I drive around town here, and I do a lot of driving, Mm -hmm. um, there are like two or three different um, dealers for new semis. Yeah. And it just seems like they're always sitting there. Yeah. Well, like I mean, nothing, like well, but, moving. But, but let's take a step back. Two things. One, um, a company like a J.B. Hunt or a major trucking company, Correct. they're ordering straight from the manufacturer. Right. So you're not going to see them in a lot. They're going to be, the manufacturer is literally going to deliver them to the company. Because uh, usually uh, the, the manufacturers the configure these trucks the way the big trucking companies want them. Like uh, CRST, I think, out of Cedar Rapids is another big one that uh, has a lot of over-the-road drivers. Yep. You know, they have a certain paint scheme. They've got a certain configuration, engine transmission, however they want them, sleeper arrangement. And those get shipped directly. Um, but before I even get to that, um, I wanted to give folks an update uh, along these same lines about the Tesla Semi. Okay. Now, the industry, when Tesla announced this, and even at first was a little skeptical – uh, but Tesla's showing with this semi, which is racking up thousands of miles around the country right now, going from trucking company to trucking company who has ordered it for them to check it out and sit in it and look at it. Um, this thing has been around to Arkansas, Illinois, here in Iowa, and it ended up, believe it or not, Jack, on a racetrack in Colorado this wow. past week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What now, I don't know doing what, on a racetrack in Colorado? I, do not know. They really didn't get into it. But uh, at the hands of a pro race car driver. Okay. I thought that was interesting. Now, the, thing, the point that I need to make, the biggest bugaboo in over-the-road trucking, cost-wise, after the purchase of the truck is fuel. Is fuel. That is why the Tesla Semi is getting, if you will, pardon the pun, so much traction. Okay. Um. The, if they can find a way to reduce the cost per mile to move that vehicle, to move that freight, and it's lower than the cost of diesel fuel, 
and offset by a reduction in engine maintenance, then it makes sense because these guys are fighting over, you know, tenths of a mile per gallon. I mean, the average diesel truck gets about four, five, six miles a gallon uh, to a gallon of diesel fuel. I think you're about right, yeah. So if they can beat that, if they can get that down and maintain the same amount, if they can move the same amount of freight or more, uh, then they're all ears. Is it a matter of moving the freight or are we still at a point where you've got a lot of guys going with the range anxiety? Um, for the Tesla, it's not so much the range anxiety, and that's what the trip across the country is proving. Okay. You know, but again, I think that the Tesla semi is going to be designed for what they call either line haul or terminal to terminal. Uh, is, in other words, it won't be going all over the place. It may be doing a designated route that is maybe 220 miles from this terminal to that terminal. Okay. Or something like that and back. You know, it might be more of a shuttle than an over-the-road long distance. Is this is this Tesla truck, what is the word I'm looking for? Is it right now, is it just by itself or is it pulling it, a trailer? Oh, it's pulling a trailer. Okay. I wasn't sure. Oh, no, 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 no. It's pulling a trailer. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Okay. Um. Yeah, this this right now, um, getting going back to the manufacturers of heavy trucks, they say that the backlog for these heavy trucks is at an all-time high, which is a little weird. We've talked about on this show many times, according to the American Trucker Association, uh, a shortage of over-the-road, long-distance truckers. Yes. In the thousands, in the tens of thousands short. We know the trucking companies are actually turning down business because they can't get the truckers to drive the trucks to deliver the freight. And it's causing freight rates to go up a bit on what they call the spot market. Yep. But at the same time, and we'll talk about this a little later in the program, um, there are some people who are all up in arms that, you know, if that, that we got a chicken and the egg thing. Is the shortage of drivers going to push more adoption of autonomous trucking or is autonomous trucking going to actually put drivers out of work and and people are not being they're coming at it from both ways and you can't have both you know what 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 is getting me and i don't have a total answer for it part of what the manufacturers part of what the trucking companies are doing is updating their fleets right which is what's pushing this because if you can get more efficient you know, better trucks, you know, you can get your costs down. But they're ordering trucks at a pace, but yet they're not getting corresponding numbers of drivers, so the business is not growing. And honestly, I would argue it's probably the best time in the world to be an owner-operator. If you had your own truck, you'd always be full. And, you know, and we'll talk a little later but about how, the freight uh, forwarders are, are helping that process. How far... Do you have to go if you if you're an owner operator? If you're, uh, if you're wherever going, the load goes. Well, but if you're going across the country mm-hmm. all day every day, mm-hmm. that doesn't give you much of a home life. No, and that, my friend, is the problem. Why they cannot attract people to a job that pays upwards of sixty thousand dollars a year plus signing bonuses upwards of four thousand dollars. I've heard five. Yep, that is the problem, and you know we're going to explore that again in a little later this hour of maybe some solutions. Next, are self-driving tractor-trailer rigs a boon or a bust to the industry in general and truck drivers in particular? Depends who you ask. We'll explore that when we return. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. 
Go to roadworthydrive.com to check out Ken's blog, listen to past shows, and the times when you can see the show on Facebook Live. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive, and I'm Ken Chester, your host. For those of you who want more than your fair share of the road, be sure to check out the show website. That's roadworthydrive.com. Find audio of prior shows, video of our weekly behind-the-scenes antics, and so much more. You can also discover where to find us in the world of social media. Sasha's and our our in-house social media diva who keeps you engaged and entertained during the week between shows with her inspirational and thought-provoking posts. See how she keeps the social in our social media, and you'll be glad you did. And, oh, by the way, for those of you who are truly mobile, you can find Roadworthy Drive on Google Play, Blueberry Podcasting, and Stitcher. Just so, just thought you should know. Um, before we get into this next section, and as always, the conversations between um, our segments are as interesting as the segments we cover and uh, Sasha was making some points um, that pertain to what we were talking about last segment about uh, the manufacturers and uh, backlog and the fact that uh, the trucking companies are actually uh, buying new trucks, even though there's still a driver shortage. Sasha, what was the point you were trying to make? Well, I mean, a lot of these times it's refreshing what they already have. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's about that time. I know in my neck of the woods, there's ones that they do it every five years. Others, it's every eight to ten so while they're getting new trucks, some most of the time they have eight, five, three brand new trucks just sitting in the back lot because there's no drivers for them. Another thing that they're running into is that with the newer trucks, there is technology implemented inside that semi that allows them to have a little bit more control as to where their drivers are going. So it's, they're more efficient. Well, I don't know about efi- efficiency in the long run. But uh, locally, when you've got, like, feed trucks, a trip that would take a standardized driver maybe 45 minutes is sometimes taking these feed truck drivers, like, two hours. So what's going on? That's exactly why these new trucks, they come in handy. And with their older trucks, they've got third party that they can, like, insert, but they can be tampered with and so on. With the new trucks, it's directly built in. So it allows them to have that control. How many times is the start truck gone and gone? Where is the truck going? Um, an integrated GPS system within the trailer uh, or within the truck itself. So a lot of that time, while they don't have the drivers, they're replacing it, hoping that they'll get the drivers. But wouldn't you argue, you could also argue that the newer trucks are more fuel efficient. Oh, yeah. Uh, that mo- more modern trucks would also attract drivers if yeah. you're trying to attract. Yeah. Uh, they would much rather drive a new truck than a 15-year-old beat-up beater. This is also um, true. So there are some advantages there past the, uh, you know, big brother aspect of driver monitoring. Well, and I mean, as I think everybody knows, when you're operating with something where everybody else is driving your stuff, it breaks down a heck of a lot faster, easier. Sure. Um, so and then we don't know, like, I'm not sure if they get like a, a deal if they buy so many. Of you course see what I'm they saying? <laughs> so if they buy... 10 rather than the five because they've got five dedicated drivers, but they're hoping at one time they might get, you know, 10. What's the price difference between that? 
does it save them money to buy the 10 in hopes that they get another five? I would agree, yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of that has to do with that. There's very there's a lot of different circumstances. Yeah. Well, there are tax gains, and there's also the issue. If the economy is booming and your cash flow is right, yeah. um, you can place an order. The thing is, if the economy softens, they can cancel these orders. Yeah. So right now, everybody's in a scramble, but that could evaporate if the market goes sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of going sideways, here's an issue. Um, and here's the question. Is the shortage of tractor-trailer drivers making the move to autonomous trucking more likely? Or is the move to self-driving trucks more likely to put truckers out of work? I think that there have been numerous stories that actually suggest that it's there. It's the lack of drivers that is going to put autonomous semi drive are autonomous semi-trucks in the forefront. And when you're equating how many drives lost, drivers or jobs lost versus what the shortage is now, it's not that much. Mm. I mean, if you've got a shortage of a hundred and some odd thousand drivers in the U.S., and then in another article, it's going to cost 172,000 jobs, you know, what is that? That's only a difference of like 30,000. Well, let, let me put it to you. Let's say it this way. There are different types of trucking. Yep. Right. I believe that, like everything else, the commodity runs that are the, you know, I'm hooking up a trailer, driving it 3,000 miles, dropping a trailer off. Mm-hmm. I think those days are numbered. However, um, I've noticed and around our community as well as other big cities I've been to, this crazy building of warehouses logistics yeah uh what you're gonna what you're gonna see is more and more first mile last mile drivers well go ahead here's my question Mm -hmm. the the contracted mail carriers i think have it right Mm -hmm. those guys are home every night Mm -hmm. what they do is basically take let's just use des moines as an example Mm -hmm. One guy takes the truck from, or takes the trailer from Des Moines to, let's say... Um, Kansas City. No, Grand Island, Nebraska. Okay. 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 He drops it off. He picks up one, brings it back. His day is done. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this is where, for the long, over-the-road, 3,000-mile trips, I think this is where the trucking industry has it wrong. Here's the problem. But what you're, talk- what you're talking about is a major expenditure... In capital assets. Yeah. When you're looking at a, a rig running $120,000, $140,000 a piece, yep. not counting your dry vans, which are your regular um, you know, rigs, your mm-hmm. regular trailers, right. uh, it gets expensive really fast. What you're going to see, and we're going to talk about it in our last segment uh, today, um, is the different type of drivers. Um, the biggest problem over the road, coast to coast, long distance trucking has is exactly what you said. You know, you're away from your family, you're on the road, obesity is an issue, health is an issue, um, being out in the middle of nowhere if your truck breaks down is an issue. Um, so, with all of that going against it, they've had a problem and it just gets worse. My point is that with the different cart, with the different types of drivers, there's some jobs like your feed truck drivers, not necessarily autonomous vehicles is going to be a thing no. for them. Um, your livestock drivers, mm. you can argue both ways, but I don't think that autonomous vehicles is really going to be a threat to them. 
hazardous materials. Yeah. Oversized loads. Yep. Specialty yep. loads like uh, what we've seen around here, like um, With wind, wind turbine mills. blades. Yep. 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 You know, and that's not going to be autonomous. Yeah. You know, so there are opportunities, and basically, trucking's being right configured like every other industry. The more complicated moves are going to still require a human driver, and it's going to require somebody who knows their stuff, is going to get a premium price and wage for it, you know, and it's going to continue to be in demand. Not to mention, you're going to have the daytime folk, but they're not going to make as much as the fellow over the road. And that's just the way it is. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that self-autonomous, self-driving vehicles are not only the wave of the future, but are going to mitigate a lot of the issues that the trucking industry currently has. So, finally, it's a case of where does the industry go from here? We have a few ideas, and we'll share them for the last segment. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. RoadworthyDrive.com is the place to keep up with the latest happenings with Ken and the show. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is the final segment for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. So glad you were able to ride along. Now, this hour has been all about trucks, the demand, the jobs, the future. And Sasha was making point again between the breaks, <laughs> really. I mean, the conversations. Right. And we're actually playing nice this week. Yes, we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had a question about the truck drivers, the semi-truck drivers that are actually out on our roads. Mm-hmm. How do they feel about the coming of age of autonomous cars, where they don't have to necessarily worry about people brake checking them or people cutting them off or people not allowing them to merge into traffic. I mean, when you think about driving and you think about uh, the person that they make their livelihood on the road, um, I want to know how do they feel about do they think cars should be driven by people? Because, I mean, they're up high. They can see directly into that window the horrors that these people probably see going Mm -hmm. 75, 85 mile an hour. Or here's a bigger question. How does an autonomous truck feel about an autonomous car? <laughs> I don't I don't know, but again, in my experience in life, I have seen semi accidents. I had one literally in front of me. We were in the state of Oregon. Okay. Guy blew two tires on his trailer. Oh no. Truck goes the over. The truck or the semi? The semi. The, the semi, semi and the trailer both oh. go over. Okay. Okay. He there was no way he could yeah. have stopped it. No. Absolutely not. No. Nope. Guy got out. He was fine. He was just absolutely one hundred percent panicked because yeah. his dog got out. Well, luckily somebody found the dog, okay. which was fine. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was that was just one of the biggest messes I ever saw. Speaking of that, I think Sasha shared a picture with me that probably chill me for the rest of my life. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but I'm thinking of that Colorado pickup. <gasps> What was left of it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Got caught between two trucks. Ooh. Uh, 35,000 pounds per square inch. Yeah. That that is what crushing is. Yep. And uh, it was a cube. I was going to ask you, was it a cube or an accordion? It was a cube with the second truck on top of it. 
Yeah, yeah the, it had, um, and it was one of those like loading trucks. So I mean, flat nose, you know, was what hit it from behind, and right. then it was a semi trailer in front of it. Ooh. And he, the semi trailer had run into issues, so it was already stopped, and it was part of a pile up. But right. then that Colorado just went right. I mean, the top half of that truck was gone, and then it like accordioned up, and then the truck that hit it from behind. Took like, the rest of it? Yeah, and rammed. Just, I mean, it took, treated ba- it like a basic, ramp. Basically, I'm, I'm praying that those poor people died quickly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, it, was, it was ugly. But this is what's going on in the roads today. Yep. Um, but like we were alluding to towards the end of the last segment, we talked about different types of drivers. Let me break this down. Um, what they call a full truckload driver, who could be coast to coast over the road. And that's probably the top... Uh, the, almost the top of the feeding scale, unless you're a parcel driver where you work for UPS or FedEx. Now, when you're taking that top of the line, are you saying they're they're like Walmart, like they're transporting a full truckload? A full truckload from distribution center to distribution center could be halfway across the country, but all they do is back up, hook up, gone. Okay. Now, would that also include, because I, I honestly don't know, refrigeration? Yep. Could. Yeah. Okay. But again, different kind of driver requiring, I believe... Wouldn't that require a different endorsement on your CDL? No, not for, for refri- refrigeration. Not for refrigeration. No, no, no. Okay. The distinction comes when you start getting into hazmat. That's what I was okay. going to ask next. So yeah. I, I did notice, though, that you needed, in some situations for, with a CDL, you needed a uh, endorsement for brakes. What's that about? That, oh, yeah. That is about air brakes. Yep. Right. So would because, that be like a because, cement truck or something? Well, a cement truck, semi-truck. Now, see, I have a commercial driver's license. Right. I used to drive school bus. Right. That did not have air brakes. Okay. The ones that I drove did not have air brakes. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the buses today now have yeah. air brakes. Yep. Which Our means does. I would have to have that endorsement. Mm-hmm. The semi-driver has to have that endorsement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a different type of system. You right. Have, it's, I mean, it's yep. completely different. Right. I mean, you've got passenger endorsements. Yep. You've got hazmat endorsement. Mm-hmm. You have... Um, and doesn't your hazmat, don't you have to have, like, there's tiers, right? Like... It, it's not an all-inclusive pass anymore, is it? I believe you are correct. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to go check that. Because, uh, because of the ammonia, at, there's um, out you, here with my farmers, they have to have one tier that they can use for like their spreading, but then you have to have another tier. But that's EPA, isn't it? No. 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 Really? Yeah. Because the thing is, you've got one for uh, gasoline right. mm-hmm. and diesel fuel. Right. Yep. Okay. You've got one for corrosive. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have one, literally, for hazmat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so basically, you, you would have to have the appropriate endorsements in order to move a load like that. Correct. Oh, yeah. So in other words, having your CDL alone without it, the endorsements is insufficient for specialty uh, loads. And God help you if you don't have the endorsement. Uh-huh. Yep. But all of that point, we said all of that to make the point that even in an autonomous world, at least for the short to medium term, that's going to require a human driver yep. and that skill set. And those endorsements. And I, th- really, and I really do not believe, guys, and, and you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I really don't believe that the big, what I'm going to call the heavy haulers, the wind blades here, oh, yeah, the no. parts for that, are, are going to, in the next 10 to 20 years, no. be able to become autonomous. No. Or the other one is the truckers that go up and down the mountain grades. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's one of those things where some of these, like the livestock, I could see having a a passenger 
like in the cab and maybe it's autonomous so that way they could check on the animals. But as far as like driving, driving, no, there's still going to be some loads so, where you're going to so need So basically it. the future of the trucking industry the way I see it. Um, if you are a trucker with endorsements and experience for specialty loads, you're going to continue to be in demand. And maybe as the truckers age, which is becoming an issue now, yep. more in demand, which means those wages will actually go up. I'm about to say, right now, aren't we in that position where we're starting to age out yes. our trucking? Yeah. Yes, our and that's, that's yeah. making the problem worse. The only other place where you can make some serious money um, in the first mile, last mile situation where you're home every night is a unionized parcel delivery driver like for UPS or FedEx. Mm-hmm. These guys, now, this the survey says upwards of 60000 I know for a fact the FedEx drivers are making 70 plus. Yeah. And I can tell you they earn every penny they make because uh, UPS has got you on a clock, and it's all about the hustle. They've got you timed. Uh, Sasha was talking about uh, GPS. UPS was the original time motion people. Yeah, which is not for the betterment of the company, in my humble opinion, because I those FedEx drivers, yeah. Yeah, but the issue is they've got to get those packages moved. Yep. They pay them. They pay them. They pay them well. But trust me when I tell you, they earn their money. Yep. So the question is, what kind of, if you get outside of FedEx and uh, UPS, what kind of quality first mile, last mile driving jobs will you have? And that's going to be the issue to watch uh, in the future. Well, folks, we've come to the end of another hour and the end of another topic. Thanks for riding along. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This has been Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.